This podcast is sponsored by Elvi, who makes smart technology products for women and birthing people, including the innovative pelvic floor trainer, Elvi Trainer, and their amazing hands-free electric breast pump range, including the Elvi Pump and Elvi Stride. Elvi find new solutions and create smart products whilst leading taboo-busting conversations. What I think makes LV so amazing and a brand I love and admire is their commitment to develop innovative products using the latest technology to address issues predominantly experienced by women that have long been overlooked. We all know our bodies are pretty incredible. We can choose to actually grow and feed mini-humans. LV believes that we shouldn't have to make do with shoddy design or pink spin-offs. Our smart bodies deserve to have smart tech to support us. Elvi's mission is to improve our lives through smarter technology. What's not to love? This episode does contain graphic descriptions of birth and adult content, including adult language, so please listen with care. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you can spare the time to write a review, please do. It would make my day. Welcome to Up The Duff Pod, a brand new pregnancy, birth and parenting podcast brought to you by The Positive Birth Company. In this first series, we are diving straight in at the deep end and tackling taboos. The everyday stuff most people experience after having a baby, but which nobody likes to talk about. I'll be chatting to friends of The Positive Birth Company about their experiences, as well as sharing my own, on everything from poo, wee, mind, body, sex and bodily fluids. If it's a bit gross or a bit embarrassing, you can be sure we've got it covered. Before I go any further and introduce this week's guest, I should probably let you know who I am. My name is Siobhan Miller. My pronouns are she, her. I am a mum to three boys who I co-parent with their dad. And I am currently pregnant with my fourth baby and I'm doing it solo by choice. I'm also the founder of The Positive Birth Company and the author of Hypnobirthing, Practical Ways to Make Your Birth Better. I love talking about everything relating to pregnancy, birth and the postpartum period. And because I'm lucky enough to have done it a fair few times, I can confidently say, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, to most of the things we'll be discussing, from poo dramas to leaky boobs. And I'll be sure to share my stories in the hope they help you feel less embarrassed and, at the very least, so you know you are not alone. Today I'm recording at the Soho Live Studios in central London and I'm joined by the brilliant Victoria Eames. As well as creating a fabulous, colourful and creative family home, Victoria is also the author of a brand new book called Welcome to the Motherhood Bitches. Or just Welcome to Motherhood. Welcome to Motherhood. Welcome to Motherhood Bitches. (laughs) I should have got you to say your own book title. Sorry about that. (laughs) Where she shares her honest experiences of motherhood unfiltered. Oh, and she has two kids. Can't forget them. Welcome to the podcast, Victoria. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much And you're actually in my book, aren't you? Oh, yeah. You feature quite heavily. I mean, you know, you were in my ears when I was crowning, so. That, <laughs> that is quite a weird experience. So just to clarify, like, I wasn't actually there. No, she wasn't there. In it's her the app. Ear. It's the app, the Freya app. Yeah. So many people use the Freya app when they give birth. And they're yeah, like, so many. I've I been listening to, everyone. to your voice, like, the whole time. Yeah. While I was, like, birthing. I'm like, yeah, that's a bit weird. But as I said, I follow you for interiors. I love I, your though house. I don't, uh, I do. So I started off doing interiors, but now my main account is just comedy stuff about parenting. Yes. But I've yeah. got another separate account that's interiors because yeah. I missed it. I missed having a chat about a cushion. Yeah. I do. I love that. Yeah. So, well, we'll share all of the links to all of the social media at the end, but I love it all. Um, I'm not sure how actually we're going to neatly segue now from <laughs> interiors into the actual topic that we're talking about today. So I'm just going to dive straight in with it. Go for it. Today on our first ever podcast, first ever episode, I said we're going to be talking about taboos in this series and we're literally starting with perhaps the biggest one. We're going to be talking about poo. <laughs> well, I'm honoured that you a thought strong of me start. For this <laughs> and the episode. first person I thought of, I was like, "Who will be really great to chat with about poo?" Victoria. Who definitely shut themselves in labour, Victoria. This, yeah. that, th- these are the stories we want. So we are going to be talking about the inevitable pooing in labour, the first poo after birth. Yeah. If you know, yeah. you know. Yeah. Before moving on to discussing the surreal experience of having to document the changing colour of your newborn baby's poo. <laughs> which is the weirdest experience ever. And then finishing off with the highlights or rather lowlights of potty training gone wrong. 
Um, so if you're tuning in for some solid, reliable advice on how to potty train your child, I'm afraid this <laughs> no, is the not wrong gonna <laughs> podcast, <laughs> or at least the wrong episode. I don't think we need a trigger warning as such, but no. I would say that do take care if you are currently eating and listening to this episode. <laughs> but I guess it makes sense to start at the beginning. You're pregnant for the first time. Yep. You've probably not spent much time thinking or discussing poo in your day-to-day life up until this point. It probably hasn't kind of factored massively in your life. Um, you've probably never pooed in front of anyone, I would say, before you've had a baby. Mm, um, that's debatable. <laughs> debatable. <laughs> picked in front um, of a lot of people. But I think it's safe to say people wouldn't really like the idea of doing a poo in labour no. while surrounded by your nearest and dearest and also a few complete strangers. Yeah, I think um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a massive yeah. fear for yeah. a lot of women. And by strangers, I mean midwives and doctors, yeah. not complete randoms. No, it's just coming in There's to not have a look. total yeah. randoms. But yeah, it, it's a genuine fear for a lot of people. And it was genuinely the first question I asked after my first baby was born. Um, and I was in theatre. I was on my back, numb to the neck because they'd given me too much of the epidural oh, by shit, mistake. Yeah. Legs in stirrups. I'm just painting the picture here. Yeah. Being propped up by the anaesthetist because I was actually being sick at the same time. Oh, my God. So it's just, you know, not a pretty picture. Um, my baby was helped out with forceps. And honestly, the very first question I asked, before I even asked about his well-being, which is a bit shameful, I know, but the first thing I asked was, did I poo? Because obviously that was like such a big thing for me. Was really? Like, did I poo? Yeah. And what's even funnier is that the doctor's first words to me um, after he was born, and this is no lie, she said, your perineum is amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, can I get that on a T-shirt, please? <laughs> And that, I think that was on the basis that I hadn't torn while I was having yeah, forceps. That's, yeah, that's pretty impressive, and actually. First, I think it must having have been... Having forceps as well and you didn't yeah. tear, because that's Must have been my young 20-year-old really stretchy yeah, skin. It. Yeah, that is it. Because I hadn't got a saggy <laughs> vagina then. Yeah, so it must have just been super it stretchy. Saved you. So yeah, I asked, did I do a poo? And she said, your perineum is amazing. Um, and that was before we even got to like, how's the baby? Mm-hmm. But it definitely was um, like a big thing that I was worried about. And I know a lot of people people do do you think it was for you because you had a little bit of embarrassment around pooing before you had the baby like had you pooed in front of anyone? no 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 yes i was 20 years old like i okay i had not had much life experience and certainly not i hadn't pooed in front of anyone since i was probably and not your partner either no no. What about now? No, I don't think I still wouldn't be keen. <laughs> no, I still wouldn't be able to poo in front of someone comfortably. I have got a little bit more relaxed about it. I mean, I'm doing this podcast now and talking about poo. So we've made progress in the poo department. But yeah, absolutely would be mortified. But um, the doctor actually assured me that I hadn't pooed. So I was really relieved and felt like really happy about that. And for years, I lived believing that, you know, I hadn't pooed. So that was great. And then a midwife friend told me that the doctor had probably lied to me yeah, to save me the embarrassment. And actually, the likelihood of me having done a poo was really quite high yeah. because apparently almost everyone does poo in birth. Yeah. And that just burst my bubble completely. I'd been living thinking like I'd got away with it. So what about the subsequent births then? Did you poo then? So, so yeah, that did happen. But um, <laughs> So when I actually gave birth to my second son, I actually was on all fours. Different picture, mm-hmm. all four at home, different setting on the sofa, on all fours, pushing, roaring into a a pillow with the power of it, really in the zone. And I actually remember feeling, vividly remember feeling the midwife wiping my ass. So then I didn't even, didn't even need to ask. I I knew, I knew that it had happened. But they're so discreet, aren't they? And to them, like, I think the thing is that it's our, it's our, it's our hang up. It's our shame. The midwives do not give a shit. Yeah. Literally, they do not give a shit that that you poo. They know birth inside and out, don't they? They see it day in, day out with loads of different women. And they just get rid of it really yeah. discreetly. And it's not they're like, oh, you've done a shit, you dirty cow. Yeah. It's not like that. It's just like, <laughs> you know, I'm just going just gonna to yeah. wipe your bum yeah, for no, you. Don't even say it. Oh, awful. <laughs> I remember feeling it. And then the, the third time I was in a birth pool, so it would have been very obvious, like visible. Yeah. And I don't actually remember seeing any floaters like whilst yeah. I was in the pool. <laughs> yeah. But they obviously do have a sieve and yeah. they probably were quite efficient at just sieving it out i had a similar thing with this with my second yeah child. tell us tell us what happened so the first <laughs> first, the first time. time i just remember violently cheating in between each contraction oh, on the toilet on the toilet okay, on the at toilet least you're in like yeah. an appropriate and i can place. i just remember knowing that you know a sign that the baby might be coming is that you suddenly get quite a loose bowel because obviously your body's preparing to like yeah, extract everything itself. and just be like yeah. get it get it out yeah. so that's what my body did making as much space as possible yeah. anything unnecessary we don't need to hold on to this exactly just get it out. don't need it get it out of the way so I was upstairs I had two home births so yeah first one upstairs 
would have a contraction in the bedroom and then just walk to the toilet and literally just be like, <laughs> like that. I love the sound effects. I appreciate yeah. them. <laughs> and then when I was actually on the toilet, because I dilated really quickly the first time, it only took like an hour and a half to go wow. from nothing to 10. And the, no midwives were there or anything like that. But I was there with my mum and my partner, my husband, Rob. And um, yeah, I just, just remember that. And then I went downstairs and went into the birthing pool and there was no more poo because I didn't think there was anything left to come emptied. out of me. So it had gone. And, that um, sounds like quite the perfect scenario, to be honest. Yeah, like, so all then out I, was, the you know, I was quite like, I didn't shit in the lab. Oh my yeah. God, I'm, my mum's still amazing. I thought I had a beautiful perineum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then the second time I got to 40 weeks with Edith and she just wasn't budging. And so then I went on this mission. I was like, right, I'm going to do all the things to get them out. Obviously, all the things that you recommend to do, walking and doing your hypnobirthing, all that jazz. And then uh, I had a really hot curry just as a kind of like last resort thing. You know, it was pretty hot going in and it was the same coming out. Oh, no. But then, so the second time, so again, home birth, had the pool downstairs. And just before I was about to get into the pool, I I felt like I know I need to do a poo. I hadn't gone to the toilet at all in between the contractions. So I went upstairs and then as soon as I got upstairs, I started pushing. And you know how intense it is. Yeah. It's just, you know, you can't do anything but push. You know, yeah, they would say like, it. oh, no, 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 don't push now. It's like, no, so I've got no fucking choice, mate. My body is doing this. Yeah. You can just feel it, can't yeah. you? Like, oh, something fucking weird happening yeah. in here. And it is pushing like a poo. And it was out of this world intense, like... I had no control over it. And the force of me pushing yeah. was like making me dry wretch. Oh, no. So I was kind of like, oh. like this. And the midwife wasn't even upstairs. She was downstairs. Rob was with me. And um, so I kind of like positioned me over the toilet to be sick into the toilet. And this is going to get really graphic now because it was absolutely. So this is the trigger warning. If you're eating, take a pause. <laughs> Or swallow your mouthful and just just wait. Come back in half an <laughs> yeah. hour, and um, yeah, it, it, it just started coming out both ends, like shooting oh, out no. projectile. And so the vomit was going in the, the toilet. Vomit, the, yeah, but there wasn't even that much vomit. I think it was more just the action of me heaving, and the poo like was just splattering your lovely bathroom. Out, all but Rob was catching it in his hands. What the hell? Why? <laughs> because there was why? so much of it. Was he trying to save your lovely bath? He was trying. He was trying to like. I think he just said there was so much that he was literally catching his hands and then pouring it over my oh head gosh. into the toilet. It was really intense. There was, but there was nothing I could do about it. And I was just saying, I'm shitting, I'm shitting, like that. Oh because it, and then it, what, the baby came out in... The baby came out. In the poo And we were, we were like in the dark because of the whole hypnobirthing feeling of like, yeah. you know, you just see your life, <laughs> like some fairy lights and that's it. So it was really fucking dark. So when the midwife came up, she didn't, she wasn't greeted by a bloodbath. She was she couldn't greeted see. by a She shitting. couldn't see. She, so she got a phone out. She had like her oh Nokia phone out and like she was shining the light on my fanny to try and see what was going on. But Edith came out so fast. Covered in poo? Covered in poo. Absolutely covered in poo. But I'm just so glad that I didn't get into the pool because if I'd got into the pool, it would have been so much more horrific. Do you know what I mean? And then she was born and I was covered in shit. Rob was covered in shit. The baby was. The midwife had it on her forehead. It was just everywhere. And it, it was so horrible. It's oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't know this story, but I'm like, you are the best guest. Like, I can't top that. I'm no. like there going like, oh, I felt my bum being white. No, like, it was so... And, the, and the, also because I'd had my per- perineum had split before the first time. Right. So, and the first time round, uh, the midwife had pretty much held it for a lot of the yeah. pushing stage because yeah. that's something that they do as yeah, well, which you have. might not know because then all of a sudden you're like, mm, why is there a hand down there? <laughs> but she had like a compress and was... That's really good because not everyone will will do that, but actually no. that's a really nice way to yeah, warm the perineum and make it soft and exactly. stretchy. Exactly. Yeah, so she did good. that, and I think because Rob had seen that, he yeah. thought that he was being helpful and started to try and push my bum, basically, and like hold it. <laughs> Rob, I don't know if he's like the hero of the story or like just really. He's definitely the hero. Um, like he's catching poo, he's tipping it over your shoulder, he's trying and to. Then put... he's trying to put my bum hole back inside itself. Oh god! And I, I was just, I just said, Rob, stop fingering my arsehole. You freaking me out it made me feel so oh much worse gosh. because of the just the sense that it was a very intense like very fast I think she came out in like 14 minutes but it was just a lot and I think had I had that labor the first time I would have been a lot more 
anxious about yeah. the second time whereas yeah. you know I was oh, I loved You're birth by the way I know this happened <laughs> yeah anyway we don't want to put anyone off birth no no we're the positive birth it. company yeah. we're all about helping people have positive experience <laughs> there was it was such a positive even though there was shit everywhere yeah. and that was the thing afterwards so then the baby came out and then delivered the placenta uh, I think we turned a light on and it was like something out of a saw you know <laughs> but poo instead but of blood poo. <laughs> oh my god and my feet were actually brown like it looked like I had a pair of oh poo god. shoes on so, also was. just to set the scene for listeners apart from the two of us in the room here chatting there are two men there are two sound, sound guys <laughs> here and I, and I can seven minutes yeah and I feel for them and I'm scared to look right <laughs> to see their faces but I am yeah it's an education for everyone it is an education for sure <laughs> um, but you know what the thing is and everyone's like you know I think people are slightly worried about that about having a home birth they're being mess or the rest of it then I went to just get checked over by the midwives yeah the next time I went back into the bathroom to have a shower, it had all gone. Wow. They'd cleaned it up. Yeah. And it was the same as the first time around. They, they know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, you, you, they put down all those puppy training mats, don't yeah. they? <laughs> the, the home birth midwives did the same at mine actually, but it was more like a scene from sore, but with blood rather than right. poo. I did have a hemorrhage on the sofa, but I had all of those like big absorbent puppy pads, like you say. Yeah. And also I'd bought a waterproof mattress protector and I put that over the sofa. That's what we did as well. Loads of towels that I thought might that might be the end of their life. But actually... When I came back, because I got transferred into hospital, when I came back the next day, everything was clean. Yeah. And like the towels had gone in the wash. Yeah. They'd come out fine. Yeah. There was no blood on yeah. like, any of the sofa. It's or amazing, anything. isn't it? It's incredible. Like you yeah. think like, oh, it's going to be so messy and like stuff's going to get ruined. But as long as you have a lot of absorbent pads and stuff, yeah, it's fine. And it's so lovely. And the midwives yeah, having a home birth slush. It was yeah. amazing both times for me. I recommend it to everybody. Recommend home birth, don't recommend hot curry. No, absolutely <laughs> don't when, have When you a said hot to me curry. I did all the things you recommended, I thought you were going to say curry and I was going to be like, oh, I don't actually recommend that, no. <laughs> no. Uh, but you were meant the walking around and the hypnobirth thing. Yeah, that's all good, but I don't recommend hot curries or another old school thing that people castor used to oil. do, castor oil. Yeah. And all that will do is give you diarrhea. Exactly. And there's a small chance that your bowel contracting because of spasming because of diarrhea might set off your uterus but yeah. all that's going to mean is you go into labor exactly whilst having diarrhea and oh, no, i don't do it to you and, and that's going to happen it. anyway so, <laughs> so, so don't, don't fucking don't do it, it. <laughs> that's when my midwife don't. said that to me because i stayed friends with my first midwife yeah who's actually just had her first baby oh, um yeah when i asked her when i was getting to approaching that 40 weeks and just getting really like and i was massive it was hot it was like she was born in may so it was really hot I just couldn't be bothered to be pregnant anymore um, and everything was aching and, you know, and I said to her, shall I take castor oil? And she was like, no. Yeah, and she, yeah. you know, she's hard everything, no. but she was like, do not take <laughs> no. it. It will be chaos. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, cha- imagine if I had castor oil and a curry. Oh, what? No. Oh, I can't even imagine how it could be worse than what no. I described, but yeah, don't, don't do that. So that's like our main tip here. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't use, take castor oil. No. no, it does get easier, I think in terms of like how not confident or how relaxed you feel about pooing from the fear of the first time for sure I felt more relaxed the second time the third time and now I'm pregnant with my fourth and I kind of accept that yeah I'm probably going to poo myself yeah and I recently ordered a birth pool for hopefully having a home birth and um, it comes with an accessory pack (laughs) what's in the accessory a A mirror mirror. and a sieve (laughs) yeah that's right because the uh, midwife had like a mirror on a long stick and occasionally I'll just be there bent over and see this like reflection of my yeah, mangled just fanny just like what the hell is going on down there don't let to get the poo out and so it's like your accessory pack I was like oh what accessories have they sent me what what lovely <laughs> things have, yeah what's going to go with my birth pool? a snorkel a sieve and a mirror so yeah and you're just like okay well that's probably going to happen now so you do get more relaxed about it and also probably worth sharing that it is a good sign if you yeah. do a poo and labor because what's actually happening is as your baby's head is moving down the birth canal, it literally squishes your bowel flat. So anything in your bowel will come out as your baby kind of goes round the U-bend, yeah. ready to be born. So midwives, if they do see someone poo in labour, that's like a really good sign that your baby's head is actually very close to coming out. Because you've got to think about that. They'll, they'll yeah. rejoice when yeah, you it's like a pop happy, out a little turd. Happy thing, exactly. <laughs> out pops a little turd and they're like, out pops a baby next. Yeah. Like, it is a good thing. And, and that's why it happens, like from a physiological point of view, that your baby's head is literally moving down your birth canal squashing your bowel and anything that's in your bowel is going to come flying out i didn't feel embarrassed at all no no i've been more relaxed probably, than yeah me. i think so. i didn't think i was an uptight person but when i'm sat with you i'm like oh yeah I'm <laughs> i am quite um, yeah but some <laughs> might say that i'm too loose <laughs> bum <laughs> hold loose <laughs> and like, loose lips do you poo in front of your partner i'm like 
No. I know, but there's no mystery now. You know, he's seen it all. He's fingered my bum hole as oh I was, you know, giving oh birth. God. So <laughs> there's no fucking mystery. Whilst, whilst there's like liquid poo <laughs> flying out. out. I mean, and he's catching it in his hands. I've just got such like vivid pictures but here. I think we've always been like that and I don't know I'm from I'm from a quite an open family so you know my mum will still do shit in front of me now oh my god yeah yeah I yeah it's not like that mine no it's not like that <laughs> I can't even bear it when the kids leave the door open when they're pooing I'm like shut the bloody door oh really oh no so you know if, if I'm doing poo then I have the kids are in there just like having full-blown conversation with me although my little one she's only three but she started saying can I close the door please obviously I respect that I'm not like no she's gonna like watch me. you <laughs> no it's like yeah of course you can <laughs> The Positive Birth Company offers award-winning online courses that are affordable, accessible and inclusive, giving you on-demand access to leading experts whenever you need them. You can watch on any device from anywhere in the world at any time of day or night. They are also the creators of the Freya app, the world's first virtual birth partner app, and produce tons of free resources and workshops to help you navigate everything from the early days and weeks after birth breastfeeding, bottle feeding and baby loss, as well as specific workshops for LGBTQ plus parents and black women and birthing people. All of these workshops are completely free and you can find them on the Positive Birth Company's YouTube channel. And if you're pregnant and looking to connect with others who are due at the same time, then go to the Positive Birth Company's Facebook page and hit the Groups tab to find your bump club. These groups are free to join and are a great place to go for support, advice and solidarity. You might even make a friend for life. Again, I'll be sure to include links to everything I've mentioned in the show notes. Moving on to post-birth. Yeah. So the first poo after birth. Yeah. Oh my God, that's another terrifying thing. It's so terrifying. You're terrified of birthing and doing a poo in front of someone. And then after you've got through that, you've given birth, everything's tender. Whether you've had stitches or not, you've got to then Get a poo out. Yeah, get a poo out. And that is absolutely terrifying and I do actually have a funny story to share oh yeah go on after Arlo was born so that's my second I'd had quite a lot of stitches and I was really scared of going for a poo so I think subconsciously I must have held it in like and just prevented myself from going yeah to the point that then I had like actually quite a lot of pain ended up being readmitted to hospital and having to have an enema to to clear the situation so obviously that was not ideal yeah so then um, a year and a bit later I had my third child Albie that time I wanted to avoid obviously the whole enema thing and was like clean to make sure that I was like going to the toilet as soon as possible. So somebody recommended taking Movacol and it's not a laxative, but it's like a stool softener. Okay. So you can take it and it makes your poo softer and easier therefore to come out. And I would recommend taking Movacol, but it comes with a warning. Yeah. So I, obviously, I, I took magnesium citrate, which right, is that that's, similar? That's similar. Thing. It like softens. Yeah. It is recommended, like yeah. by midwives, like it makes it easier, so you're not constipated, and it's therefore like less painful to go for a poo. But um, James, who's the boy's dad, he took it upon himself to kind of help with this. Um, so in his sleep-deprived state, he read the packaging uh, incorrectly. Oh, no. So on the back of the packaging, it says you empty one sachet into a drink. And then 24 hours later, if that's not worked, you try two sachets and you sort of build up over a period of time, like, you know, 24 hours later, you try another one. And then it said for fecal impactment, eight sachets. When you Google fecal impactment, that means you haven't been to the toilet for like months. It doesn't mean like a little patch of constipation. It's like you've not been able to do a shit for months. Yeah. For some reason that I still cannot comprehend, he added up all of the numbers. So like one plus two plus three plus four up to eight added all of these sachets into a drink and gave it to me. Unknowingly, I drank the drink. Oh this is like God. just after I gave birth. And honestly, I spent days on the toilet, <laughs> like three days in the toilet with just brown water dripping out oh of me. Just no control. It wasn't even diarrhea. It didn't even have any consistency. It was just I just like was leaking on a toilet yeah. for three days. And those are like the three days after you've given birth. Oh, you know, you're so meant to be horrific. having your like baby love yeah. bubble. Could you get off the toilet or was Not it just really. It just was just dripping out. Yeah. And how did and you work out that it's given you the wrong amount of sachets? Well, uh, first like, of all, I thought I was dying, obviously. Yeah. You know, like I'm dying. Um, and then I was really scared that I wasn't even going to be able to breastfeed because I was like, I'm so deep. All my hydration, all, all is, my coming hydration out my bum, is just yeah. coming out my bum. How am I going to be able to breastfeed my baby? And I can't remember actually how we got to the bottom of it. But I think I was like, give me that box of Movacol. <laughs> Let me have a look at that. And I was like, so how many sachets did you give me? And he was like, I think it was 24 or something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> 
And then he had the absolute audacity to be like, well, at least you're not constipated. Oh, yeah. And yeah, at the nice time, one, I was like, no, 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 no. It's <laughs> not, not time. It's not okay. He's lucky to be alive, to be honest. It's like a horrible game of would you rather, isn't it? Like, what's worse? Would you rather be so constipated you need to go to hospital and have an enema or be so laxitated? I think that one. I think he'd rather be laxitated. <laughs> and spend it. That's not even a word. <laughs> oh, no. So overdosed or over cold <laughs> that you spend days dripping brown water on a toilet. Probably that. Really? Yeah. You're in the comfort of your own oh home, God. shitting out your innards. Yeah, so I am not letting anyone else take control no. of my dosage. Well, the magnesium citrate, you can't... I took that through pregnancy as well right. because you get more constipated yeah. anyway in pregnancy, don't yeah. you? Which I definitely did. So, yeah, I took that and then I just took like a double dose of it once the baby was born. You probably had nothing left in you, though, to come no, out. No, not a second time. That had already... All, it took like that, a few <laughs> days to accumulate. <laughs> that happened. You'd cleared yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but it is really really scary going yeah. because you can't explain sort of the swollen puffer fish no. so how, how fanny so tell me your first birth. poop do you remember it yeah i do i remember it really distinctly because i think of the fear yeah and i was more sort of terrified of that than giving birth because at least when you're giving birth you, your fanny something starts good, off intact but also you it? end with something good a baby yeah that's you know. true yeah i mean shit's not quite as good no, as a baby is it not quite <laughs> <laughs> at least you don't have to look after it like um yeah, yeah. so i had stitches both times so it was that it just feels very much like everything is gonna pop and burst open even though you're doing a poo it's still just the act of just even put a little bit of pressure to push and then obviously when you wee as well it really stings doesn't it yeah this is stuff that i cover in my book by the way yeah there's a whole chapter about sort of unexpected things that might happen in labor and pooing is a big part of that and then also going for your first piss and shit after. Both of which can be Both horrible. of which can be really, really tender. And just things like having like a little jug of warm water by the toilet and using that to tinkle over your vagina. I've never actually done that. Like, it really helps. It helps. Yeah. You just sort of throw the water at yourself at the same time. Exactly. Because it just dilutes the acidity of the um, wee. So it doesn't sting as much because then you're just essentially pouring warm right. water on it. And then um, I think the just the aftercare generally of like, you know, trying to reduce swelling, taking things yeah. like Arnica. Do you recommend all this yeah. sort of stuff? Yeah. When, yeah. And also um, one thing that someone gave me a good tip, and I think you can actually buy such things now, but when I gave birth, I don't think they were on the market just yet. But I used to put my pads yeah. in the fridge freezer. or freezer. Yeah. They'd be like lovely and cool. So then when I used to change my pad after going to the toilet and put a new one in, it would be like a nice kind yeah. of cooling. It's really nice. And you yeah, can, and you can douse swelling. it in like witch hazel or... Yeah, or just water, yeah. wet it first and then put it in the freezer. That's yeah. that's a good trick to calm it all down a bit. Yeah. But yeah, I do remember it. And it was really, it was like, you know, I had to do the hypno, I called it the hypno pooing. Yeah. The breathing, <laughs> the breathing to help ease it hypno out. Hypno poo it out. Just breathe. Yeah. And think about all the things that you learned to, you know, get, it's, it's, yeah. it is essentially like giving birth. But, Again. you know, just on a smaller scale. <laughs> And then once you've got to grips with your own bowel movements, uh, you then need to get clued up about your babies. Yeah. Did you ever get a chart to fill in? Yeah, because they, they, they want to see like the chart is, is the colour of the poo changing it. Isn't yeah. It, so when my first was born, and that was like all the way back in 2007, <laughs> which makes me sound like I'm ancient, yeah, God, but I was actually such, yeah, that's such a long time only ago. 20 when yeah. I had him. But um, I was given a paper chart to keep record of how often he went for a poo and also what colour it was. And then I had to record how many wet nappies he had each day and also how much time he spent feeding and sleeping. I haven't had that since. No, so I don't know if do that was that. like no, just think. an old school thing in 2007. Yeah. Or maybe it was just a Bristol thing, which is where he was born. Right. Or maybe it's because they were like, she's only 20. We need to like, like she knows what she's, she's doing. As if like being 35 <laughs> makes any yeah. fucking difference. Exactly. I don't fucking I've know what I'm doing. <laughs> I felt like I was so young. I was like, you're in the same boat, whatever yeah. age you are when you have your first, got no clue. But yeah, you had to, I had to make all these like recordings of all these things. I had no idea beforehand that like baby's poo goes through like this whole colour chart. Do yeah. you remember the order of the colours? I uh, remember just the first one um, being really like black and yeah, like that's tar. Yeah, that's meconium. Yeah. So that's the first shit. And then it goes from that like tar to like a greeny sort of colour. Don't remember that. No. And then it goes yellow. Go, I just like remember the, the baby poos being like really, really yellow. Then a little orange. And then I think once they start having either formula or solids, solids. So then it starts to go more sort of brown. brown. Yeah. Do you know what? I was shit at keeping track of any yeah. of that stuff. I never did. 
I just kind of there's probably apps for it now yeah there are there are apps for it it. but in some ways you know like god it's just it can make you feel really anxious as well because then you're like oh my god they've only done five wet nappies and they should have done six and it's still green and it's not yellow yeah I Um, I do feel like a lot of that stuff is really anxiety inducing like obviously you know yeah you've got to like make sure that your baby's well but equally I think if you're a bit of an obsessive person like I am then it's not good for your brain yeah that's true yeah but when it gets to the yellow stage, yeah. <laughs> that I would say is the most high risk stage for poo explosions. Definitely. Would you agree? Yeah. I don't know whether it's the ferocity of it, how it comes out or it's like the liquid state of it, but there is like poo explosions. Yes, and all the time. That go up their back. Have yeah. you had that? Like, yeah, so regularly, time, so right? regularly, especially because I did combi feeding yeah. with my second, but um, I breastfed initially with Oliver, but it didn't work out. So he went to formula. But I'd say the breast milk fed baby yeah. more punamis yeah for sure i mean I it's different baby so she formula, might have a slightly different digestive the poo, like slightly bit more solid solid i do i do think that but he still had them but not like yeah, her not yeah hers but were intense oshin literally would poo up his back so you pick him out of the crib and the yellow poo would be all up the white baby grow but as <laughs> yeah. far as his hair yeah and you'd be like how is it how from his ass to his head so powerful so powerful although you know, that's why he's gonna the, love this by the way you know um like, the baby grows <laughs> yeah the ones, not the ones that got the buttons, but like the short sleeve ones, the way they're designed is so that you can take it off. It doesn't have to go over their head. Right. You put yeah. it over their shoulders. Yes. Because it's because of Poonamis. Right. Oh, that's why. Yeah. So you don't end up like wiping shit all over their face. Oh my face, God, I didn't know that. I so I done. thought you would try to, it was to avoid like having to like move their like fragile head No, around. it's just so you can go, Mrah. you can just, just strip stick it, it on. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's intense. And you don't realise that's going to happen when you're like looking at your sweet baby and then you're like, <laughs> you turn them over and you're like, why is there poo up their back? Well, also it comes out the sides and I've had it so many times where it's just come out the side and then it ends oh, yeah. up all over me as well. And you're like, oh God. But you get so used to it. Yeah. And it's weird, isn't it? Because it's your baby. So you don't feel so grossed out by no, it. No, you don't. It's just sort of one of those, it's just one of those things, isn't it? I think at the beginning you don't get so grossed out about it. I remember um, Arlo once was in one of those door bouncers. Oh yeah. And Oshin still remembers this and talks about it. It was quite funny. Like he was obviously bouncing up and down on the door bouncer, had a nappy on, and then he was bouncing. You could hear like splattering, like his feet were bouncing in something wet. And it was it was poo, wet poo. And he was bouncing up and down in his own poo. And then when we took him out and looked at his nappy, it was totally spotless. Like there was not one so it speck. It had just shot straight out the side obviously of the whole bouncer and he was like jumping in his own shit but there was not even one speck on the nappy it was insane that's amazing i know i had a story about the baby doing explosive shit but it was it wasn't my baby i went out with my friend and um our babies were born like a day apart and we went somewhere in central london so we went on the tube with the babies and um i was we came back in rush hour which you know like that when you've got a baby like a newborn it's so fucking stressful i always found the tube with a little yeah. one that's yeah. still breastfeeding, just like so stressful. And people are wankers, aren't they? So yeah. they don't like get out of the way and all this fit. Anyway, so we were stood up because there was nowhere to oh, sit. Yeah, it was awful. And we had them in slings. But um, for whatever reason, she'd taken him out of his and she was holding him. And then he just did this like massive fart. And it was hot. So they had like, yeah. they had no trousers on or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. It was really hot. Did this massive fart. And then she was like, <laughs> Oh, oh no oh no can you smell that can you smell that and he had projectile shit out the side of his nappy but she kind of lifted him away from her and she just had yellow shit oh, all no. over her dress and like no one offered to help us either because I was then trying to Edith was kicking off yeah. so I had a screaming baby trying to help my friend who's covered in shit like take her baby yeah. off her so then I've got like two, two babies and you're on standing the chin. up and I'm and like, no one help. we're all gonna die oh and um in the end she was like I've just I've got to get off I've just got to get off I've got to get off and she just literally just got off and the next stop with the baby and I sort of like you Wait. know waved her from the <laughs> good luck like, bye <laughs> she was like keep going so I had to get home to fetch Oliver yeah. from nursery or something keep like that going. so I had to Leave go she was like bye. I'll be fine <laughs> was it her first baby it's her first baby oh my god that's awful and you get really stuck short sometimes when you're out and about I remember um, not having any wipes and having oh, to take yeah. off my sock and use my sock to wipe my child down and then I was like changing them in the boot yeah that that happened a lot changing the boot or in the passenger seat of the car (laughs) having pulled over yeah all the things that you have to use like as an emergency thing but I think sock must be a common one you're like what can I lose that I can use it is a common one definitely and you're like I'm just gonna yeah use use it in that sock so long sock (laughs) like so if you ever see like a a lonesome sock just like on the street that's that's what it's probably been used for <laughs> what's happened? A desperate parent, like a desperate moment. Um, but 
yeah, when they get older, then they can actually take their nappies off themselves. And I remember Oshin, I keep coming back to Oshin. Luckily, I don't think he's going to listen to this podcast. No, hopefully not. He might be like suing me or something. But um, I remember I used to go in to get him up from his nap and he would be standing up in his cot and he would frequently take his nappy off. He'd obviously wake up, do a poo, take the nappy off. And yeah. then just like smear Smear a poo around. everywhere. <laughs> So it'd be like poo in the cot, on the sheet, on him, oh on the God. wall. Awful, awful. And um, it must actually happen quite a lot because I did get a DM just the other day from someone asking me for advice on how to prevent a toddler from doing this. And I was like, I don't know, mate. Like, I would probably say that's the time to maybe potty train though, don't yeah. you think? Because otherwise you're just going to have to keep dealing with it. Oliver, I potty trained him really late because we yeah. tried a few times and it was just a disaster. So he was just over three when he actually potty trained. Oh yeah, same as Arlo. I waited till he was like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah did it a few times. It was like, yeah. nah, this is a yeah. disaster. And yeah, like you said, like, I mean, he would... You'd leave, I'd leave him with no pants on and you'd just find random turds in the house. He'd be like, right. I'm not sure that he's grasping the concept yeah. of using <laughs> the posse. But Edith, I didn't do anything. She completely potty trained herself yeah. by just before she turned two. And Albie did that, but a bit later. But I think when they've got one, an older sibling, yeah. and they're kind of a bit competitive, yeah, yeah. and they want to yeah, be like her. a big girl or a big boy, yeah. they tend to do that. So the hair was easy. Yeah. And we didn't even have, we had like maybe a few accidents, but yeah, it was so easy. Just didn't, didn't have to think about it. I remember a day actually when I got both of the babies. I had them 15 months apart. So they're really young. Yeah, that's really so close, isn't Albie it? Albie was like a newborn. Arlo was like a 15-month-old baby. And I had taken them for a bath in the morning, all three of us, because that was like the only way I could sort of manage it. I have a wash at the same yeah. time. Got yeah. out, we were all like naked, wrapped in towels. And I remember putting a nappy on Albie. So I was like, had him on like the baby changing table. And then I turned around and Arlo had just shit everywhere but on the floor but all in the wires the charging wires oh, no. you know like by the yeah. side of the bed and it was like you know soft poo and it was like you just got in everything <laughs> in the extension yeah. in the lead like everything and I just that day I must have just been at the end of my tether because I just remember ringing their dad crying he was at work and just being like I can't, I can't do go. this I can't anymore go. I'm naked I'm like leaking milk <laughs> the babies are naked there's poo everywhere and I just remember him going just leave the house just put your clothes on and, and leave the house I will, I will deal with it when I get back and I remember just doing that being like just literally walked out of the house and just left it all. And he must have come back and cleared it up. But Aww. I just remember reaching breaking point. That poo was like the one that tipped me over the edge. And that's why I remember <laughs> yeah. it. And I was just like, I'm leaving the house. I can't. Like, oh, Yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of admiration for that. I think two kids that close <laughs> together is carnage. Is. Do you have any um, horror stories or funny moments that you remember from that potty training journey? Well, uh, this isn't even potty training, but I think o Oliver still has, has, even now, he's five, like sometimes he can shit his pants just randomly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's totally uncommon. No, like. but he did that not that long ago when we were sort of on a family walk. He's just sudden, you know, he's like, I need a poo now. There's yeah. no warning. Because yeah. he doesn't, I don't know, maybe he's just not aware of what his body's doing or whatever. Or just so distracted, I Yeah, think. really and distracted. And they just don't want to take time out to go to the toilet until, oh no, now it's actually coming out. Yeah, but you know, at this age as well, because they're, obviously they're out in nappies, three and five. I don't carry around things. I'm also not organised Yeah, mom, no, I never have wipes. At all. Never have wipes, never have spare clothes. Mm -hmm. Whereas my sister's the opposite. She's always got like a suitcase of stuff in the back of her car. That's not me. No, I have nothing. I expect them <laughs> I to be like snacks. independent and self-sufficient now. water. <laughs> everything i'm shit I'm just too forgetful um but yeah we're also on this walk and we're like in the middle of a country park and then he says oh mommy i need a poo and then straight away i need a poo no it's coming now so we didn't even have time to get his trousers oh, down no. he's like Ugh! like that oh, you know the little what face did, what that did, they you do? did you throw away the pants yeah but then we had no trousers or anything it's like what the oh, hell no. are we going to put on him so we had to like fashion the most insane pair of trousers that you've ever seen out of like rob's shirts <laughs> So he had this like weird, massive nappy oh thing God. on, like harem yeah, like it pants. was like that. It was like harem pants out of um, a, a grown adult man's shirt. And did you wipe him? Did you use sock or leaf? We did. Uh, I've, I can't even remember. I, like, think we, I, I think both. we used his socks. His socks. Yeah, we used his socks because leafs. I've had to use leaf. Have before, you? <laughs> like <laughs> when underprepared, I'm like, what's the nearest thing here that I can use? A leaf. Um, I've got a funny potty training story. And it isn't actually mine. It's a friend of mine, but um, this really made me feel ill the first time I heard it so yeah again if you're eating take a take a pause <laughs> another one her son it was his first poo that he did in a potty and they get so excited about that yeah, don't they do. and as a parent you've got to be really excited for them too and of course he wanted her to take a photo to send to his dad <laughs> who was at work and she went to get her phone and in that moment their dog came into the room oh no bounded straight over and in one moment just gobbled up the poo in the <laughs> that potty that doesn't surprise me <laughs> 
that's like honestly it made me gag when i first heard that dogs love to eat a turd literally in one moment apparently the dog just ran into the room just gobbled I mean, up look, it saves her having to clean it up but it? you can so. imagine the child absolutely <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm lose it really it was like the dog had just eaten his trophy <laughs> and the mum hadn't even had a chance to take a picture to document that this like massive <laughs> achievement had, had happened and he was absolutely beside himself what, like she was like trying not to vomit and was like trying to console her child because the dog had eaten the poo. Honestly, I was like sick in my mouth when I heard it. No, um, I, I thought about something um, then because Oliver was tricky to to get him to use the toilet. It took a long time. He, he, we potty trained him and then we making the transition from the potty to the toilet. That was quite hard too. Yeah. So there was a book called Oh Crap, I think it's called. It's really yeah. good. I'd really recommend it. But then someone else had recommended this app to me and it's called Mr. Poo Goes to Poo Land. Right. And it is fucking hilarious. It's, really, it's like being I think I'll, I'm going to do this whole thing again now, like <laughs> yeah, from you the know, start. Like, so um, I need these book recommendations. If you ever watch South Park with the poo, it was like yeah. Mr. Hankey. It was kind of like, hi there, children. It was like this, <laughs> this little animated shit. And there was this whole story about the kid who didn't mm. want to go to the toilet because he was scared. But then he'd send Mr. Poo to Mr. Poo Land to see all his family. So then you just find yourself, you know, like every time he wants to poo, you're having this conversation. Should we go and send Mr. Poo oh God, to Poo Land? Parenting is so weird, isn't it? You have to but it really worked. Yeah, it he worked really liked it, yeah. And you used to sit on the toilet really happily. Cause sending his poo to Poo Land. Sending his poo to Poo Land. And we also had to get like this mad contraption to go on the toilet that was like a flight of stairs up to the toilet. Oh, right, so they can certainly not fall about? in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but it, we couldn't just use the seat thing because Oliver's got DCD, so Development Coordination Disorder. Right. So his like gross and fine motor skills are just a little bit sort of all over the place basically right. he's really like inclined to fall over right he he can't really balancing is quite difficult so when you put one of those things on the toilet you know, that might make like, going to the toilet difficult for him yeah though, because yeah. it's like wobbled about like a little yeah. bit so that would just make him feel really on edge and like yeah like anxious so we had to have this massive thing but it was just make a throne mate it was so ugly as oh, well you know like oh, oh you've got your beautiful, beautiful, beautiful house and my beautiful interiors i'm like mm, look at this hideous monstrosity <laughs> have you been able to get rid of it now yeah it's gone now but you had to have it for a long time I didn't have one of those but my kid once did get stuck in the toilet literally sandwiched in half like oh, you know, he'd fallen oh down no, really? and the legs were up by the face and he was like literally sandwiched inside the toilet and I like, had to be fished out I mean that was quite funny <laughs> luckily mine haven't been too like bothered about playing with poo or anything like that no, they've never really good. done you've anything trained your like kids that. well like they don't no it's not I've done anything like, about it but, it's not me um, I think maybe it's just my oppressive force and how no, I'm <laughs> <my> gentle parent <laughs> alright <laughs> um, and then at some point though, they go start going by themselves which yeah. is absolutely amazing and I was going to say and they wipe their bottoms but actually that comes no, later because I mean, I've skipped the whole I'm finished stage yeah. so do your kids do that? Edith does but she's like the most self-sufficient three-year-old that yeah. you're ever going to meet in your life she's just so like determined and headstrong and you so she doesn't do shout anything. for you to wipe she, wa- she wants me to go to the toilet with yeah. her I'm not allowed to go in she has to close the door and I have to she says mummy you have to wait in the bedroom so right. I have to wait in there and then when she's finished she'll call me <laughs> then I'll go in and we've got like those wet wipe ones yes, for the yeah, for yeah. bums and then um, she'd be like, no, not the wet one. I want the dry one. You know, she's, she's such a madam. She knows what she wants. She knows what she wants, but she'll do it herself. And then I'll be like, can I just make sure, please? Yeah. And then um, sometimes she'll say no. And I just respect it. I'm like, yeah. okay, fine. You're going to have sheet knickers today. Yeah. It's fine. She wants <laughs> that it herself. the best oh of God. us. Mine. But Oliver, no. He's like, mom, want my bum? He can't do it on his own. Literally, mine would sit there and just shout, finished. And yeah. you just knew what finished was. I just hear it from anywhere in the house. I just hear them hollering, finished. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And you'd be like, if you just came to the house, be like, they finished what? What have they finished? I'd be like, oh, I know. But what what age do you think go, that that just disappears then? Oh, I don't know. They did that for a long time. I think they're lazy. They just yeah. would rather that I came and wiped their ass. Yeah. But they shout, I'm probably until they were five, maybe. Yeah. Until they started school. Because then I was like, really? you have to do it. Because yeah, you can't shout finished school. for the teacher. He just comes home with massive skidders. Does he? Yeah. Because <laughs> they can't be shouting finished in the school toilet. No, I know. no one's yeah. coming. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was about then. But um, now they do it all themselves you're not quite there yet no not quite there they, mine are six and seven going on eight and yes yeah, so i'm kind of free of it but i'm about to have another baby so, so you're going right back all, to all the over start. again but um tips tips for people <laughs> what have God. we shared so far don't eat hot curries don't eat hot curries or take or um, castor oil castor oil um, read packaging carefully if using Movacol. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i think for the aftercare use a jug of water on your fanny when you're doing a wee and also you can do like counter pressure so you can hold a bit of toilet paper 
as you are shitting. Oh, right. A bit like I mean? midwife did with the yeah, compress. So, yeah, a bit so like, like husband holding did it. fingering your bum hole. <laughs> that's it. But you can do it yourself. <laughs> do it with, yourself. You yeah. don't need your husband to do don't it. Don't need your husband. That's um, good. So you do that counter pressure as you are actually pooing. And then obviously like staying hydrated, things like that. Like you just got to yeah. drink loads of water. Make sure. It's hard though, isn't it? Because people are like, make sure you're eating a healthy diet. Yeah. And when actually when you just had a baby, you're just you're like, fucking all, give me good, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And also I just wanted to eat shit. Yeah. I just, I was so knackered. I wanted like sugar. I mean, this is terrible yeah. advice. Don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some advice that you should take, some and advice some that you don't. should not take. Um, and then potty training. I do think you need to go by the kid. Yeah. Like they're just not going to do it until yeah, yeah. they're ready. Someone's always going to judge you, but fuck them. Yeah. It's not their life, right. is it? That's good advice as well. <laughs> right. It really is time to wrap up. Congratulations, by the way, if you're still listening. A whole episode on the subject of poo. Who would have thought we had so much to talk I've, about? I've got a lot more in me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't been this morning then. Um, but before we sign off, I just want to ask you one question. Yeah. This is something I'm asking every guest at the end of the episode. And it's what message would you give your younger pre-motherhood self if you could go back in time? Uh, go out more person. have more hangovers get more dick and no, i'm joking don't put any of this in <laughs> it's all in we don't edit i think just um i mean this is really difficult because you know obviously we're told so much about motherhood but just to not have any expectations try not to have any expectations or just have very low expectations because then you'll be pleasantly surprised <laughs> low expectations and you can't be disappointed yeah because it's fucking hard it it's really hard. hard and there's so many aspects of it that are still really unspoken about and then when you're suddenly in it and you think what the hell is going on in my life you feel so alone and isolated and like there's something wrong with me because I must be the only person that's ever experienced motherhood like this when actually you're not even stuff like the pooing that yeah. all plays into it doesn't it yeah so yeah just try and and your book reminds people of your that. expectations your book maybe reassures, you, reassures people that it's really normal to have yeah it's things. really normal for your when you've just had a baby for your world to turn completely upside down and feel like everything is chaos and just know that everything is a phase i think that's always yeah. useful to yes. know isn't it everything in motherhood with your baby is a phase and first time around those phases feel really long yeah and then second third fourth time around they just go really quickly yeah. you just know because this is you, not gonna you, last. you know what to expect whereas like that first time you don't it's you know. not gonna last yeah. Even, yeah you know and sometimes the phases do last a long time and you're like fucking when is this yeah. gonna end but it does <laughs> it does and you and then you'll be on to the next yeah. thing you know yeah my advice to my pre-younger self would be you will poo and they'll probably lie um, <laughs> and just so i knew that like going into it and right. there's no shame about no shit. shame it's really it's really time to finish now but one last thing i'd like to say i'm sure everyone listening has heard of dame deborah james aka bow babe who very sadly died leaving behind two children well if you followed deborah you yeah, know she what was amazing of life yeah. she was and so funny and probably would have loved this episode yeah. and yeah. loved talking about poo so i just think it's important because we're talking about the topic that we Give her a mention. Since she was diagnosed with bowel cancer, um, Deborah did so much to raise awareness of the symptoms of bowel cancer and raised millions of pounds for cancer charities. And closer to home, sadly, I lost a school friend to bowel cancer in 2019 and she was only 33. Um, and before she died, she set up the Never Too Young project in conjunction with Bowel Cancer UK to provide support and resources for young people diagnosed with bowel cancer. Discussing poo in such depth, we should take the opportunity to share the signs and symptoms you need to pay attention to when it comes to your bowel movements. So in memory of both Dame Deborah James and my dear friend Sophia, they are bleeding from your bottom and or blood in your poo, a persistent and unexplained change in bowel habit, unexplained weight loss, extreme tiredness for no reason, or a pain or lump in your tummy, and as Deborah would always say, check your poo, it could save your life. So as much as we're laughing about poo, if you do have any of those things in your poo, please don't be embarrassed. Please go and see your GP and push for investigation because I know that lots of times young people get dismissed and then yeah. it ends up being too late for them to get life-saving help. So check your poo, it could check save your, your life. Laugh about it if all is well. And, if and don't be ashamed. There's just no shame, shame about it. It's, it's literally a bodily function. Thank you so much for joining me, Victoria. Do you want to tell people where they can find you and also where they can get your book? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and TikTok as Victoria Eames. It's E-M-E-S. Also, I have an interior account, which is Victoria Eames underscore home. And then my book's just available to buy on all booksellers' places. Amazon. Like Amazon and Waterstones and WH Smith. Brilliant. So, and it's called Welcome to Motherhood, Bitches. I think it's a great book to read for yourself, but also to gift to people. Yeah, because it, it's essentially, yeah. it's for like either expectant or new mum, and it covers... Yeah. 
pregnancy, birth, and probably the first sort of six months postpartum, but it's not really about the baby. It's the focus yeah. is the mum. And it's loads of you. tips, but also really reassuring and yeah. funny to read. Lots of practical stuff yeah. in there, practical advice. But not like a boring house. No, not guide. at all. It's I mean, really, like, really funny. The fan so... account of uh, like how many yeah. times I said fanny is just off the chart. Definitely look that up. But I'll put all the links to your Instagram accounts and the link to buy your book in the show notes so people can find that. And of course, a massive thank you to everyone who has listened to this episode. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do share it. We are new to podcasting. In fact, this is our very first episode. So every share really helps us spread the word. You can also tweet us directly at UpTheDuffPod. We'd love to hear your feedback and, of course, your own stories of poo dramas. Next week, I'll be joined by Tinake, the co-founder of Five Times More, and we will be discussing we. Well, we can't very well cover poo and not cover we. From the near misses and little leaks to full-blown accidents, we are going to be talking about bladder weakness and stress incontinence that is commonly experienced in pregnancy and after having a baby. We will be sharing our own experiences and advice, so please tune in for that. And finally, a big thanks to the team at The Positive Birth Company for making this podcast possible. If you're trying to conceive, are pregnant, approaching birth, postpartum or navigating the early years of parenting, then please do check out The Positive Birth Company at thepositivebirthcompany.co.uk or at The Positive Birth Company on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. How many times can I say (laughs) The Positive Birth Company? (laughs) Thank you again for listening and a massive thank you, Victoria, for being a brilliant guest. Honestly, I had no idea how many stories you had about poo but it's been absolutely fantastic thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure lv have two hands-free electric breast pumps the super smart lv pump and now their latest innovation the amazing hospital grade lv stride i use the lv pump and i absolutely love it As a busy working mum of four, it means I can cook dinner, drive my kids to their after-school clubs and do a million other things whilst expressing. And I know that every bottle of milk I pump buys me a little bit of freedom or a little bit extra sleep. The LV Pump is the smallest, smartest and quietest pump out there. It's also super discreet. You can literally slip it in your bra and pump away and nobody would even know. You can choose from four pumping rhythms to manage your milk supply based on your personal needs and it's so clever that it even stops pumping when it's full so you don't need to keep checking or worrying about any leaks. They now also have the LV Stride. What's amazing about LV Stride is that it's small but mighty with its hospital grade power. That's right, finally hospital grade performance at home. It's powerful, ultra quiet, lightweight and comfortable and still hands-free. What a game changer. There's lots of reasons why you might choose to pump, whether it's to share feeding your baby or to buy yourself some freedom or to increase your milk supply. The LV Pump and the LV Stride will help you make that possible.